0: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.
1: All right. Welcome to the Launchpad Pod. I'm Aaron. i uh, Matt. We're two roommates who haven't lived together in 10 years. And today, Rumi, we have a very special episode. We're bringing guests to the launch pad. Mamma mia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have Jacob and Tab from the Test Pattern Podcast, and we're super excited to have them on the show. Guys, welcome. Thank you so much for having us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us on.
1: Guys, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Test Pattern
2: Show is a podcast in which we really go into a couple of movies each week, and we, we, we do it surrounding a theme. The themes we come up with sometimes just on the spot, sometimes. Sometimes it'll be a text to Tab. Sometimes Tab will text me. Sometimes we'll think we haven't done this in a while. Let's cover this. But the idea is that we go off the rails a little bit. We decide that we want to do movies that people might not know about and and introduce people to movies that maybe they they've heard of and haven't actually watched or maybe they've never heard of and they should
3: watch. We'll usually pair... A more well-known movie, with a lesser-known movie. In the case of our Universal Monster series, Franken-Hooker. Yeah, we did Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenhooker, for example.
1: <laughs> awesome. That is that is a good combo.
3: And we also just pick things that we know that the other person hasn't seen, yeah. and and try to broaden horizons a little bit with us as well as as the audience.
2: Awesome. It's why we haven't done such classics. <laughs> as like I don't know what are what are some of the movies that people can't believe that we haven't touched yet?
3: I would say like Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, yeah. those kind of things.
2: Halloween. Halloween. We did our Halloween episode was was Paranorman and Monster House. It was yeah, not Halloween. That's awesome. Those are good yeah. though, and
1: and that's and yeah they are. As 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 you know, you can find a million people who have touched Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, we did yeah. an entire episode on Friday the Thirteenth. It's all how you come at it, but I love that you guys do movies that maybe aren't. The most well-known, and that's that's why I got into your podcast, and that's why I got yeah. super stoked to bring you guys on our show and do something with you. That's
3: well, awesome! Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here.
4: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we've looked really forward. Aaron listens to these guys. They've been talking back and forth. They're like, we got to get together and do an episode, and. You guys know that Aaron and I love horror. I'm not a huge Italian horror fan per se, but for this episode, when I started looking into some movies to watch, there's a couple that we're going to talk about specifically and then some in general, I kind of got bit by the bug and I started doing a lot of Italian horror stuff and I got excited about it. And like, literally like last night, my friends were like, oh, what are you guys doing for the podcast this week? I was like, oh, we're doing Italian horror. Like, what's the difference between Italian horror and American horror? I was like, pulled my chair up. I was like, oh, here's the difference. And then like, you start to think about it really is like a really fun genre i was just telling tab before we started
2: recording that i feel cheated by american cinema i feel like it has really dumbed me down Uh, a lot of these i had to watch the the ones that we're going to do in depth later tenebrae and bay of blood i had to watch both of those twice because I, i i didn't quite understand everything at first sure and i think it's because i've just been conditioned by the american cinema which is a very straightforward for the most part a very straightforward storytelling
1: Very much so. So when somebody says to you, Italian horror movies, what is the first movie that pops into your head? Tab, I'll let you go first.
3: For me, it's Suspiria just because it's probably the best known. And then also it was the first movie that I watched that had the fantastical surreal elements, as Mm. well as just the grisly murders. Uh, I had (laughs) seen some Bava before, but it's not quite as um, surreal and all over the map that uh, that Argento is and, and some of the other Italian horror
1: films are. Jacob, what about you?
2: For me, I, I'm i well known in the test Panther community as the person that does not watch foreign horror movies. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, before I met Tab, I had never seen any Italian horror. If you had asked me, I would know two names. I would know Dario Argento and Mario Bava, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But one of our very first, was it was not our very first time actually hanging out in person that you got me to watch Demons, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that oh, was my so nice. very first Italian horror movie that I had ever seen. Going forward from then, I had this idea that Italian horror is just kind of crazy all over the place with really <laughs> bad <laughs> dubbing and things like that. And, and it, it is the not case untrue. sometimes, but there's a lot more to Italian horror. And seriously, I'll say right now, Matt, you just said the same thing, right? Like, seriously. I did not know what I was in for until I started watching these movies, and that Mm -hmm. was when I realized there's so much amazing Italian horror out there, and I think it has a reputation for being very highbrow. And in some cases, yeah, you're going to have to really pay attention to some of these movies. But there are some really, really good stuff out there.
1: Matt, what about you? What was your first introduction to Italian horror?
4: (sighs) It probably was Zombie. It was either Zombie or Suspiria, and they were right on the heels of each other. And uh, Jacob and Tab, for you guys... Aaron and I went to the same college, and we went to film school. I knew I wanted to do film, eventually figured out I wanted to do practical special effects. So, But I figured that out late. A lot of people who want to do that know that early. So, now in college, I'm trying to make up for lost time and watch movies that I should have already seen. So. I do all like the American ones, but then I start looking into like you know classic Italian horror movies and like Suspiria. Like Zombie was a little bit more straightforward, but still has yeah. that. You're right; it's a little bit highbrow. It's definitely a little surrealism, and like when you watch something like Suspiria and you've never seen it before, you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's and so the way weird. I was explaining it to some friends last night, I was like, "Like American audiences in that time didn't." I, mean, like, I don't know if we didn't want to see that, but we weren't watching that. You know what right. I mean? Like You couldn't have two trick endings in the middle of your real ending. Like, <laughs> that would at the very least confuse us. And I don't know if it confused us because we weren't used to it or it confused us because we weren't ready or were stupid. But, like, we were not, like, ready for that. Like, let's just have one killer. Like, is it a guy in a mask? I get it. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but I think Suspiria and, and Zombie were my first ones, but they're not my favorite, Rumi.
1: Oh, really? Well, I guess I'll ask that question a little bit later. Okay. Since, since we've put a couple movies on the table, let's dive into the, I think, maybe the biggest one. Give a little brief talk about that. Suspiria, I think, is probably the biggest, most well-known Italian horror film. Dario Argento. I mean, this movie is is classic.
2: Mm.
1: Not my favorite, though. Agreed. What do you guys think about Suspiria?
2: Uh, first of all, I have to admit shamefully i have not seen suspiria i intended to watch it this weekend but i opted to rewatch tenebrae and bay of blood first tab you get to talk about suspiria i know i know she's a fan
3: so i love suspiria visually and i think that the first murder and the first sequence is beautiful it's Mm -hmm. some of the best 15 minutes of film the movie as a whole is not my favorite though yeah
4: that makes that makes sense
3: yeah, I like I like the colors. The colors are beautiful. Um, it's gorgeous. Yes, and some of the things he does with his, the camera are amazing.
2: Tab is Argento known for the camera work? Because yeah, that's I think what so. I took away from Tenebrae was the camera mm-hmm. work in that movie. Incredible, In uh, particular one scene that I'm sure we'll talk about that that dolly scene of the entire house. Yeah, um, is that what Argento is kind of known for in the Italian horror community?
3: I, I think he's known for just an artistic vision. like h- Aesthetically, he is flawless. Uh, in his earlier work, I think later he starts to lose that a little bit. But in his earlier work that he's very famous for, it's, it's flawless aesthetics. But he's also known for kind of losing the thread of the plot later on, which I
1: think <laughs> happens in Suspiria a little bit.
4: A little bit.
1: Suspiria, it's funny, because when I first got on an Italian horror kick, my wife would watch him with me, and she actually really liked Suspiria. It was gorgeous. It had a lot going for it but again i'm like what is the plot and she's like um a girl gets really sleepy and um, her best friend figures something out and then she has to try and remember what her friend said while she was half asleep and you're like yeah that's basically what happens i have some notes about dario Gento's style since we're talking about that camera work definitely crazy music usually by goblin Mm -hmm. i love that you'll be watching a dario agento film and like Hard metal synth will be just wailing yes. through it. You're just like, yeah, this Dude, movie he rocks. He pulled
2: in. So, was it um, Iron Maiden?
1: Was it Ex- Phenomenon? It, Iron Maiden's in Phenomenon, except fast of the fast as a shark is in Demons. Like, mm-hmm. yes, oh, I love there, it classic metal riffs and i was so into that you know the red 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 super red blood that's <laughs> yes that's i mean that's an overall thing but argento really loved using that that bright color and then one of his huge staples is throwing a chick through a window
4: oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah he i picked up on that from the that? few movies that i watched
2: someone's <laughs> head is going through a window
1: Always, and, and like even like you're like, where did that tiny window come from? He's like, doesn't matter throwing a chick's head through it.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's right. At the beginning of phenomena that happens, she's like hiking at a waterfall. Oh, she's running yeah. away from someone at a waterfall. Like, who, like I imagine like waterfall planners in Italy were like, there needs to be a window right here, <laughs> right here. We need someone's head through a window, Mr. Argento. Sure, yes,
2: I yeah. need this. This must be in the film.
3: When I talk about Argento with people, I always equate him to punk music and Bava classical music oh, so interesting. Yes. yeah. if you think about it that way that's that's where they're at in italian <laughs> horror
4: <laughs> that makes
1: sense he does break a lot of windows um <laughs> something else that i think is funny is like a lot of these italian movies not just dario agento uh but a lot of them have to do with like girls schools mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. what's going on there what do we th- what, just, what's just important a little about hotness
2: that? <laughs> i also <laughs> noticed that a lot of the women are very young and a lot of the men are much older yes. that's true.
4: Yeah, that is true. Also, in the case of Donald Pleasant's very old. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Scottish for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do you come from? Oh, that won't work. Can you do a Scottish accent? He's like, some of the time. They were like, Good. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Oh man. So
1: so yeah, Dario Gento's great and and Suspiria was like his huge one. I just recently watched uh, Deep Red um which is the movie mm-hmm. that came out just before Suspiria and in Japan it's called Suspiria 2 for no good reason.
4: Yeah. Like like it, that's the 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 troll and troll 2 of foreign <laughs> cinema. Yeah. are like uh it shares the title no one will know.
1: No one will. And I think that that's something a that we'll, I mean, get into over and over again is all these movies have like nine different titles. Yes. And some of them make sense. Some of them are sequels to movies they have nothing to do with. Some Mm -hmm. of them make no sense. But, I mean, I think when we talk about Twitch of the Death Nerve, that movie has six different titles. It's
3: ridiculous. Including Last House on the Left too, even though it came out before Last House on the Left.
1: Right? (laughs) I also heard it was the second house
2: on the left in some countries.
1: Probably, Yeah. (laughs)
4: <laughs> it's an interesting block to live on.
1: <laughs> but R- Rumi, since you brought it up, phenomena.
4: mm hmm <laughs> Phenomena. <laughs> That's awesome. What, what did you think about phenomenon, Rumi? I loved it. If anyone's listening to this right now, we're recording this uh, February 18th of 2018. If you go on Amazon, Amazon has phenomena, but yeah. they have phenomena and creepers. So phenomena mm. was the actual Italian release, which runs close to two hours, Creepers is the the American import that was released at this, around the same time. And that one, I think, is like it's much shorter, like an hour 20, an hour 30, something like that. So I like strapped myself in the other night. I was like, fuck it. If I'm doing it, let's do the old Italian one. And I want to go back and rewatch, not rewatch, but watch Creepers to see what the difference is, yeah. because I feel like a staple of Italian horror is not necessarily, how, how, how do I phrase it? Not necessarily following a concise plot structure. No. You know? <laughs> like, it's just like, boo. And then there's also this. And they're like, this guy's in the movie. He's the murderer, but not the ultimate murderer. And you're yeah. like, wait, there's multiple murderers in this? And it's like, yep, also a chimpanzee. And you're like, <laughs> okay. <A> chimpanzee murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Can you imagine awesome.
1: how, how this came to be? So, like, you're the studio. Sure. Dario Argento has just nailed Suspiria. And you right. want to get in on some of that sweet, sweet Suspiria money. Mm-hmm. And you go, hey Dario Argento, Suspirio was awesome. We want some of that. What's your next idea? You got something for us?
4: Um, how about a girl who has like um, she could like talk to insects, like insect power? Uh, okay, go on. Um, there's a um, she's like a cripple doctor as her friend.
1: Who who could play this cripple doctor?
4: Uh, I don't know. What about that cop who can't stop Michael Myers?
1: <laughs> oh, good, good, good. He's hot right now. Mm. And then, uh, this kind of sounds like Suspiria, you know, what, what, what makes it different? What's going to make it stand oh,
4: out? Oh, uh, we could have, like, uh, <laughs> whoa, I got it, a chimpanzee. Oh! But <laughs> not just a regular chimpanzee. Picture a chimpanzee. Now picture a knife in his hand. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm sold. This movie. That exact
4: moment, that meeting was over. They were like, "How much do you need?" <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, and I also I need one window, <laughs> at least one window. <laughs> Next, to, oh yeah, because this yeah, there's two or three chicks in the first like act that get thrown through a window.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I just love that it was just like. The movie starts basically a clone of Suspiria, and they're like, oh, but she has bug powers. And you're
4: like, what? And they're like, oh, and there's a monkey. And you're like, this movie is just bonkers. Then it gets more, like, as you watch it, then you're like, you've allowed it. You're like, okay, phenomena. I understand that Jennifer Connelly has bug powers, which are kind of explained, but also not, and also not really essential to the plot. Yet, and I get what's happening that there's murders, and we need to figure out who the murderer is. And then it's like, Uh, did you know about this underground dungeon? And you're <laughs> like, I did not. This lady has a safe house with like window <laughs> shutters and everything. Yeah,
2: oh, dude, yeah. When she hit that button and all the shutters came down, I was thinking. I know. What is the point of that? But then, if you, her, her child down there, obviously there's a reason to keep him inside. That <laughs> yeah. boy is scary. He reminds me a lot of the kids from In the Mouth of Madness. If you guys have right. ever seen that, sure, yes, that's
4: what he reminded me of. I also think a <laughs> uh, slight spoiler if you haven't seen Toby Hooper's Funhouse, but the creature in Funhouse that wears the Frankenstein mask yeah. and then pulls the mask off at the end. Yeah, that thing when it was young was the creature in this movie <laughs>
1: totally
0: <yeah. laughs>
4: so and actually cr- if you go to uh, China and Japan Funhouse is actually titled Phenomena 2 no the Phenomenaing <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he always gets me with this he always gets me he's like you know that there's a sequel of this or like there's a cartoon of this and you're like no and he's like yeah, I'm just kidding <laughs>
3: The crazy thing is that you would buy that, though, because there are so many of these movies that are like, yeah, we're just going to make this a sequel of this. <laughs> and it's interesting
4: when you have the international aspect to that. Like that wouldn't have, You know, it does happen in our country, but not all the time. But I think when you're marketing things back and forth across the seas, it's easy to be like, hey, what's doing good over by you guys? This movie? Yeah. Call that. Call this that movie, too. You're mm-hmm. Like, yeah. OK. Well,
1: and I think a big one for that, I think one of the most monumental films for Italian cinema isn't an Italian movie. It's Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead came out. George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Everybody's like, you know, it's on everybody's list of great, great, great horror movies. But that movie came out, and Italy was like, whoa, hello. They didn't say whoa. They said,
4: (laughs) mamma mia.
1: (laughs) And they wanted in on that. And suddenly, Italy exploded with zombie movies. And I think... The most well-known, maybe not the best one, but the most well-known is, let's see if I can pronounce this name, Lucio Fulci's Zombie? Is Mm -hmm. that close? What do you guys think? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See. And Zombie is... I saw this movie, and it's another one of those movies where you're watching it, and you're like, I don't know what's happening here. Whoa, that shark's going to fight that zombie? Yes! Yeah, That's true.
4: And I remember whoever in college recommended that movie to me, that was one of their main selling points, was, yeah, you know, it's an unofficial sequel to uh, Night of the Living Dead, and this and that. And it was like, zombie shark fight scene. And then you watch it, and part of you is like, eh, that's not Amazing, but you're like, but that fucking zombie fought a shark.
1: What do you guys think about this movie? Have you seen it? I have seen
3: it.
4: Um, I have not. I saw the other two
2: Gates of Hell trilogy movies, but no, wait, that's not part of Gates of Hell, right? Those are just Lucio Fulci's other movies. Okay, yeah,
1: Fulci. Yeah. So, uh, Jacob, I'll, I'll let you. Come up with the uh, the the other Fulci movie after we give a give a little brief zombie talk.
2: Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, I, and I've have, heard of this zombie versus. I mean, if you've watched a single horror movie in your life, you have likely heard. You know, there's a movie where a zombie fights a shark. Yeah, right. <laughs> someone has said that.
1: Yeah, Tab, what what's your thoughts on on zombie or zombie two, depending <laughs> on where you are? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because it it was marketed as Dawn of the Dead, too, I think, in Italy. It's great. I love Fulci because he is not afraid to get crazy with the gore. Oh, my God. Uh, And I think we'll we'll see that when we talk about City of the Living Dead. But he Mm -hmm. loves eye gouging, man. There's oh. eye gouging all over the place. Eye <laughs> trauma
2: doesn't? central with Fulci. Yes.
1: <laughs> Fulci is eye trauma central. And like this one has super famous the long splinter oh, and yeah. you know, just pulling this lady's head into a splinter super slow. Oh, it's so brutal. A little bit about this. So early on when, when they were making this movie, the, the, it's actually filmed in a in a newspaper office. And apparently they were filming this and running around and they burst into an office. And Rupert Murdoch was in there trying to hold a big, important Rupert Murdoch meeting. And he got so pissed. And he tried to get him thrown out of the building, which was like the only place they could shoot this this newspaper
3: scene. And they had to like beg his forgiveness. I thought that was pretty funny. That's awesome. That uh, That zombie shark scene, that guy is mm-hmm. really wrestling with that shark. It's the shark sure, trainer. Yeah. And they just yeah. made him up to look like a zombie. You
2: can't train a shark. Shark well, trainer, that's like that's like the the people <laughs> on set that are like bee wranglers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of phenomena.
3: But yeah, uh, so I thought that was cool. But I, re- I always remember the special effects being better than they are, but it doesn't matter because yes. it's a fun movie. It is
1: a fun movie. I mean, the guy has real worms coming out of his eyes. Like, that's yeah. so gnarly. Oh. Um, that shark wrangler's name... Let's see. Guy who owns a shark, we'll just call it what yeah, it is.
0: <laughs>
4: his name is
1: Ramon Bravo. You tell him that he can't wrangle a shark. Wow.
4: That shark has his own IMDb page now. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're a sh- just imagine you're a shark and your shark owner calls you and says, come here, boy, you're going to be in a movie. And then you wag your tail because you're so excited. And then you're like, I wonder if the shark was, like, a fan of the genre. Like, you know, like, I know, like, when I've worked on, like, comedies, I'm like, I got to work on this now. But, like, when I work on, like, a cool horror movie or, like, part, like, a comic book movie, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I wonder if that shark was like, I fucking love zombies. And then the shark owner was like, guess what? You're going to fight one. And the shark's like, I got a problem. I can't go on the land. The zombie's going to be under the water <laughs> <with you. laughs> This is my breakout moment.
1: <laughs> I've been waiting for this close-up all my life.
4: Like, can you imagine, like, picture, uh, like, a short video. This would be, like, a great college humor or, or a <laughs> funny or die. Steal our idea, funny or die. To show, like, the blocking of that, where they're, like, the shark and the zombie are like, okay, so then I'm going to go like this, and I want you. Yes, whip your tail. No, all right, do it faster. <laughs> they to block the fight For now. those of you who can't see us, which is everybody, Aaron and I were just physically, I was, we were grappling. <laughs> I was the shark. <laughs> he was. Wait, switch it again. I want to be the shark. No, no, no. We're past it.
1: <laughs> so, and the last thing I'll say about Zombie is that this movie, as a gimmick, gave out airline barf bags in the theater.
3: <laughs> that's awesome.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> cool. I bet people still have those, too
3: probably they're probably worth a ton of money too my favorite fact about uh zombie is that the italian cut of dawn of the dead was edited by dario argento right super Mm -hmm. weird he replaced all the music with goblin which I've right. seen a version of it,
1: and it's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. I yeah, think I if you have, I have the big, like, they. it was like the late 2000s, maybe early, mid-2000s. They released yeah. a big four-disc set of all the different versions of Dawn of the Dead, and I have that one with the European cut. Yeah, It's not bad. I mean, it's different, but the music really, it doesn't detract from the movie at all.
1: No, I, I actually really like the Goblin music. I, I, to me, it's just so weird. And, I mean, throughout Suspiria, throughout any of Argento's Goblin movie mixes, it's just like... Out of nowhere, suddenly, she's just like, Bow. and I think that's
4: another part of uh, Italian horror because some of the ones that that we've watched in the last week, they do have a score that I guess I'll say doesn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily be your first choice right. to score a particular scene. But um, Jacob, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't detract. It doesn't mm-hmm. not work. But it is like wha- you're watching it. And it's the same thing as like when you know an Italian horror movie takes a wicked plot twist or shows you a scene that makes no sense in any frame of thought you're like what the fuck but i like it like yeah you know i normally don't like art that i don't get but like this is just i don't know it's it's fun and the music specifically is specifically goblin and that kind of stuff and the whole soundtrack for phenomena is just like what the fuck but i'm on board yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and there's a scene and what i noticed iron maiden was a scene where, she, where i i want to see jennifer Connolly running away and they're playing flash of the blade yeah, you know, yes, like, yeah. What? Wait a minute here. This this is so discordant, but it totally works. I was I was in. I was absolutely in for it.
1: Absolutely. I mean the fact that you're just like, is this Iron Maiden? This is Iron Maiden. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. It's Iron Maiden. And then you're just I mean, you have to go along with the ride. And I think that's a lot of this, is you just have to kind of roll with it. You gotta just give it a ride and see see what it's like and have fun with it because it's not gonna make sense all the time. It's not gonna be Something that you're used to, but at the end of the
4: day, it's going to be freaking cool. Imagine if you made an American horror movie and then just had like crazy Italian accordion music (laughs) (laughs) during the whole (laughs) scenes. We could do it (laughs) too. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Evil Dead just suddenly
4: has like, <laughs> but like it would not, it wouldn't not work. It would kind of be interesting. So Italian people who can edit and have accordions, get on <laughs> that, please.
1: <laughs> Steal our idea. All right, Jacob, tell us some more about some of the other Fulci movies that you've seen.
2: All right, so we got to watch some of the Gates of Hell trilogy. Uh, Tab, awesome. you've seen all three of them, right? I have. Okay, so I I got to watch City of the Living Dead and the Beyond, which nice are two movies that have this really interesting take on hell. And, and you know, to me, the the theme here is that hell is, is this constant threat. It's always there. It's just someone guarding it or, or there's a wall behind, you know, a, a, another wall that blocks hell from breaking loose onto earth or from people getting into hell. Yeah. Uh, when I watch City of the Living Dead, I'll say right now, I've seen... A lot of horror movies. I've never been so disgusted in my life. Did you guys get to watch City (laughs) of the Living Dead at all? Yeah,
1: City of the Living Dead has, well, I'll let you tell it, but yeah, City of the Living Dead has some gnarly gore in it.
2: First of all, I have to note here, the music is basically Dawn of the Dead. Basically. (laughs) It's very similar. Uh, I think there were even tracks from the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack in that movie.
1: Actually stolen from Dawn of the Dead, absolutely. The scene that I think we all want to talk about is the
2: couple in the car making out. I'll say I've never seen eyes bleeding in a way that looked so realistic. And that (laughs) already I was I was like, oh, God, that's so gross. I had no idea what I was in for. I had no (laughs) idea what was coming next. I had not read about this movie. This woman's eyes start bleeding. And and the way they did the makeup, it looked really good. I mean, there was actual blood in her eyeballs because they were squirting it directly in there. And she was crying tears of blood. Then the maggots begin. Then... (laughs) The insane vomiting her own intestines begins. And it's like 25 seconds straight of her mouth
1: open with this rancid looking meat coming out of her mouth. It's actually lamb intestines. They went to a butcher shop and got lamb intestines. I am not surprised by that at
2: all. It, it is one of the top grossest scenes I've ever seen. Tab, how the hell did you handle that one?
3: Um, I actually was blown away by the special effects and didn't really think about it Uh being barf I have a I have a, like a, a horrible thing with barf where I can't look at it but I didn't think about
4: <laughs> that means you're normal
3: <laughs> I just was blown away by the special effects and I yeah. didn't tell Jacob anything about this movie I was yeah. just like just watch it. And we'll talk about it later. The
2: text messages she was getting it was just these <laughs> little updates like, what the hell's going on here? My face is slack jawed. I can't even handle this. Like, I, it was just, it was insane. When we don't get to watch movies together, I usually text updates as I'm watching. Yeah. The movie. What's going on here? What is this now? That movie was excellent. I really liked. And that was actually the very first one that I watched, right? Wasn't mm-hmm, that the yeah. very first Italian horror movie that I watched for the series?
3: Yeah, I told wow. you to watch that one because I was like, if he doesn't like Italian horror after watching this, we're we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
1: we are do it. That is a weird one and it's super gory and, and kind of, I mean, very disjointed. Like, it starts out, you're like, I get it, priest, I get it, he's dead, mm-hmm. oh, gates of hell, but then it kind of goes off the rails just like gnarly scene after gnarly scene and yeah. the dead everywhere and you're just like, OK.
2: And that's actually, like you said, the thread that holds that one together is the special effects. The yes. story is so loose and so surreal. And this was the first in the Gates of Hell trilogy, right? Yeah. yeah. So he hadn't quite nailed down what he was going to go where he was going to go with it. And I think that's what transitions us into the beyond, which I yes. thought was a much tighter movie. It had a real plot to it. Plus, yeah. it had some in- intense gore. And I thought that one I really enjoyed. I like City of the Living Dead for the special effects purely. The Beyond had a little bit of both. I I let that one just simmer with me. And and the more I let it simmer, the more I appreciated it. I really ended up liking the Beyond quite a bit.
1: And the Beyond has one of my favorite creepy scenes and it's uh, when all the spiders come Rumi you wouldn't like the scene gross <laughs> <laughs> he hates spiders yeah
3: we wa- we watched this one together and when that spider scene came up Jacob was like "There, there's so many spiders what is going on
2: <laughs> this is the one that were like they were tarantulas right yeah, and they were just yeah. like some yep, of them were very real looking and some of them were not so real looking <laughs> yes. I have to say also this one had one of the best sets out of any of these mm-hmm. movies that I saw that that underground dungeon with the water like four feet worth of water and they were walking on boards if you are, are trying to renovate a hotel and that's the dungeon just accept yeah. you have the gates of hell at your dungeon and get the hell out of it <laughs> don't do it if there's enough water that a, a,
4: a zombie can be hiding in there, yep. get away.
1: Get away. It's time to sell. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. What well, if, well, if there's enough water to hide a zombie and a shark? And a shark. That's all we were missing. Yeah. I can't believe that didn't come up. It also has one of the best
3: headshots in movie history. Yes.
1: Oh, that little girl with the pigtails and her head explodes.
3: Yeah. It's like, brutal.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. And, and I, I think the makeup in these movies are is phenomenal. The effects yeah. are phenomenal. And he does mm-hmm. this weird like head squish thing where the zombie will reach out and grab your hair so hard that your brain will yeah. pop out. Yeah. It's yeah. really weird. <laughs> Again with the eye trauma.
3: Yeah. yeah and, and speaking of eyes, those beautiful cracked sclera, sclera lenses. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Some of the best oh. contacts I've ever seen.
2: I mean, those had to have been hand painted, right?
4: I, I Really? P- painted her eyes? I think they just. Whole <laughs> stuff.
3: Oh, okay. Well.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would think, well, I got. What year was that one? 81. 81. I 81. mean, they would have been Sclera lenses, but you can hand paint the Scalera lenses, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's stuff that you definitely could use. I'm trying to think of what. The process would be in 81. Figure they shot it in 80. That's like a thousand years ago.
1: Probably use some paint that was toxic for oh, your yeah, eyes. That woman is blind <laughs> now
4: <laughs> for sure. Like if she's still alive, she is blind. Same with that blood girl, blind. They're all both on blind IMD. Yeah, yeah. deep blind. <laughs>
1: all of these movies have these moments where you go, this isn't a very safely orchestrated stunt. This is yeah. literally somebody just. Died. How many
4: lamb intestines can you fit in your mouth? And that chick was like, <laughs> "Uh, twenty seconds." I mean, there were there were shots. They must have been
2: like fully down her throat, and she mm-hmm. was le- legitimately vomiting them up because yeah. they didn't cut. She just kept spitting them out. Uh, yeah, that, that was super intense
1: super intense. Yeah, she swallowed a bunch of real lamb intestines and they just had her hork oh. it up and I'm like that's gross. That is so gross. And that's commitment. Can you yeah. imagine me like, "Mom, dad, I got a role. I'm in a movie now."
4: Like, "Great." Oh no, you don't take your top off, do you? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be proud of you no matter what, but you keep your clothes on? Yes. <laughs>
1: it's like, "What what do you do in the scene?" Huh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Are you proud of me, mom? Uh. (laughs) Tam, are you
2: cringing over there? I know that sound. That (laughs) sound is enough for you sometimes. I think this
4: is actually a really cool part of um, Italian horror, too. And this is something, again, that I was trying to explain to a couple of my friends in the last month who aren't as familiar, especially with Italian horror, but American horror. But we, especially in the 70s, we being America, never shied away from blood and gore and guts and Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think like some of our best horror was from that time period. But... Um, Italian horror as a genre, I think, is extremely exploitive, and I think not just with sex and nudity and and stuff like that, and, and also some of their camera shots, regardless of what they're shooting, but specifically with blood and gore, it was not... I don't want to say it was gory just to be gory, but it was like in your face yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was even if there was a small amount of gore, it wasn't something as gross as some of the stuff we're talking about. They made it gross by where the camera was placed, how close mm-hmm. the camera was. I noticed in the movies that I was watching to prepare for these. There's a lot of long shots of gore. You know, yeah. you see a knife stab somebody, and the shot holds on the wound slash knife. Whereas now, I especially now, but Even in American horrors in the 70s, 80s, it would be probably more of a a succession of quick cuts as opposed to three or four longer cuts that really show the action. And I think that has an impact on you as you watch, you know.
1: Or like in Suspiria, when you stab a woman so many times, you see her beating heart. Yes.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. God.
2: See, I think of movies around this time in America. It's like early Toby Hooper, early right. Wes Craven. Yeah. And yes, there is violence. And, and especially with Toby Hooper, there's not a lot of blood though. No. There's a right. lot of bludgeoning. There's a lot of things that don't cause blood. And I would suspect it has to do with the American movies being being so censored. And over there, there's there's much less censorship. It's the same thing with nudity. I don't think I've ever seen so much nudity in movies. And I didn't feel the nudity was exploitative, nor did I feel that it was unnecessary. It was just part of the culture. and You just don't see that in American movies that often. There's there's the cliche like someone always takes their top off. But Mm -hmm. in these movies, it wasn't for the sake of showing it because there's to them nudity is just nudity. It is what it is. It's not a big deal.
1: It is interesting. And and it is so different because in a lot of American movies, like that's a salacious moment. And this is just kind of happening. And you're like, oh, Mm. okay. Yeah. Nice. All right, here we go.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I think American movies are all about tricking you into thinking you're seeing something. Whereas uh, Italian horror, especially. And then also just by extension, European horror is about, no, we are going to show you this. Sure. Yeah. So, I'm going to segue
1: with a question. We're going to segue into another sort of director movie, not just Italian horror, in any horror movie. Can you guys name a famous mask? Tab, what's a famous mask of horror?
3: I mean, I think the the most obvious one is the the Halloween mask. Yeah, uh, for Michael go. Myers. See, I Myers. think of
2: I think of Leatherface. I think that <laughs> that is such a shocking concept that he's wearing a face as a mask. Um, crazy, but the, hero, right? the idea of a mask is a very it's iconic. You can you can identify someone just from the mask.
4: Rumi, what's a famous mask? In horror, the first one that comes to mind would have to be uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jason Voorhees well, right Jason the, Voorhees. The hockey mask.
1: I noticed that none of you said giant owl mask. Oh, right. I knew where you. But in
2: my mind, I knew where you were going. I was hoping that's what it was. Yes, I love it. And that's actually how I pitched it to friends that I've been talking about. Yeah. Uh, someone asked me, "What? What have I been watching?" And I was like, "Well, actually, I watched this really crazy movie called Aquarius, in which the killer wears a giant." And I actually showed them the picture of the giant owl mask while
1: he's petting a nice black cat. <laughs> right. I mean, she, and she was just like, "What the hell is this?" It's a bizarre movie it's called Aquarius mm-hmm. aka stage fright sometimes stage fright Aquarius it is a strange little gem but it's about a a, a theater troupe is trapped in the theater during a, a storm and a man in an owl mask wielding a chainsaw is attacking and killing them and cutting them up it's awesome I love this movie It it's one of those movies that that I can't really explain why it's happening I don't even know why this guy is a murderer do we ever find out He was an insane
2: uh, former actor, right?
1: Oh, well,
2: he's already killing people. What what triggered it? I know he was a former actor and they were talking about this guy at the beginning of the movie because they knew who he was. Right. Uh, Not that he was the killer, but they knew about him as an actor.
3: Yeah, he was already a serial killer and he ends up killing their costume mistress. And the director (laughs) of the play says, well, we're going to we're going to capitalize this and make our play about him. And he got pissed that they were yeah, capitalizing on his murders and that targets that. That
4: director was good at his job. Yeah. Like if he's like, ah, someone on my crew got killed, but the show must go on.
3: Yeah, they this
4: really a, do it. So the movie's called Aquarius. It's 1987. There's actually in the prequel, uh, you find out a lot, lot more. Have you guys seen the prequel? Oh, I haven't. No, I didn't even the know prequel? there was a prequel. Yeah, oh, it's the either. dawning of the Age of oh.
0: Aquarius. <laughs> 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 it did it to you.
4: I, I totally fell for me, it. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I think we were both very genuinely did you know
2: curious. <laughs> going, no.
0: <laughs> you got me
2: again, you fucker. <laughs> you guys were all saying
4: serious shit about it and then I was like, oh man, I'm going to sing this song. There hasn't been a joke in about 10 seconds. Let's be sure we get that one in there.
1: <laughs> you got me, goddamn <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> no, you mentioned that it's 87. I yeah. was I was surprised at how late 80s this was. This was the second movie that I watched, and I watched this one by myself as well. It seemed very American to me, and part of it was that it was late 80s, so the film itself looks modern in, in yeah. a way that most of these don't look modern.
1: Yeah, very much so. One of the funny things, and this happens with any movie that there's a chainsaw, is the fact that a killer with such a loud device can sneak up on you in a yeah. chainsaw. I mean, they do this in Texas chainsaw massacre too. They do this a little bit in Texas chainsaw massacre, but like the idea that you have this thing that to even start it, nobody ever starts a chainsaw on the first try. You got to get a couple revs in before mm-hmm. that thing even goes. You and then prime you it. start
2: Hold on a second. I got to prime this chainsaw. One second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> like, ease up on the choke a little bit. You got to turn that knob, you know. Is your oil to water ratio right? And then it's like, <laughs> vroom, then you start it up. But there's a scene where this woman is dangling into this, like, trap door area. Mm-hmm. A trap door in an attic. So it's a bi-level attic, which is weird. Yeah. But she's dangling in there, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, chainsaw just bzzz, cuts her in half. And you're just like, what?
4: So I'm thinking, like, uh, Rumi and I do, or we haven't done it in a while, but we did a lot of big, like, Nerf games. And <laughs> I have... Hundreds of dollars. I say this with pride. Hundreds of dollars worth of Nerf guns, but some of them (laughs) have batteries, and they're like uh, semi-auto or auto, and there's there's two triggers. One starts the motor, and one fires the darts. So, like when you're fucking hiding, you got to be like, I got to time this just right. So when this asshole walks by, I go, ram, choo choo choo. It ramps up. I feel like the same would be true of Leatherface or any other killer who has a chainsaw. But like everything, I feel like I could do it. First of all, I feel like I can start that bitch on the first try. I'm pretty sure. And I think the key is you got to commit. So you can't like try to start it and then wait for it to start and then chase the person. You got to start it on the run. That way, when it starts going, I feel like I could do it. Go get it. You have a chainsaw? (laughs)
1: No, I wish. At your
4: apartment in Glendale?
1: (laughs) Oh, I had a chainsaw in the dorms at Emerson. (laughs) So that's not weird. (laughs) I was making a zombie movie in college and I had a chainsaw scene in it. So I bought a chainsaw and I had, correction, I bought two chainsaws and had <laughs> them shipped to my dorm room in Boston. Wow. And I took, I took the two chainsaws apart and put them together to make one working chainsaw. They were two broken chainsaws and I fixed it with the parts and made a working chainsaw. <laughs>
4: two two things about that. I was an RA at Emerson for three years, and I know in our handbook there was a whole section on weapons, and it itemized the weapons that were not allowed. And the big one on there was nunchucks, because that and and a spear, which means that at some point someone was like, like Michelangelo showed up at our college, and the college was like, no, now we have to add nunchucks. I, it did not say chainsaws, Chainsaw which means you didn't there. get caught. I got caught. But but I started on the first try and cut that fucker <laughs> in half. <hell. laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention, and I, this is a lot of credit to you, I don't think they had Amazon when we were in college, so how the fuck did you order chainsaws off the end? That must have eBay. been hard.
1: It was eBay. Oh, wow. Early eBay, man.
4: Yeah. Before PayPal. Yes. Wow. This is
1: like a trip back in time. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the video store. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man! So I love Aquarius. The big owl head is so ridiculous. I love at the end he has chopped everybody up and laid them out on the stage in this like amazing like display of murder.
2: I was just gonna say that's the part that stuck out to me is that yeah he was a silent killer who then propped everyone up in this in this circle to so he could sit in his chair with his black cat. I mean, and that was it. And then there was another thing too is is that. Everyone who got killed, most of the people would stand and watch as he walked towards them. And they would yeah. be like screaming the whole time, but not running away and not trying to defend themselves. Or, or <laughs> I don't know how many of them tried to break through that door with axes and all sorts of different weapons to try and break that door down. It's not coming down. It's, there's no way. <laughs> there's um, but no the way. ending was was haunting. It was really well yeah. done.
1: And I love the moment because the heroine ends up under the stage and the light filtering through the mm-hmm. cracks in the stage and, and the dust falling down. Like a, another example of just beautiful, mm-hmm. well-orchestrated, well-shot moments that build a lot of tension and really make it an effective horror moment. Even if the rest of the movie isn't really making sense, you have so many of these beautiful pieces that you're just like, I'm, I'm on board. You can't forget that.
2: I feel yeah. that's part of, is it Suave? Is that how you say his name?
1: I don't know.
3: <laughs> We're going to go with
2: that. <laughs> We're going to go with that. He's yeah. probably because not listening. I had seen Cemetery Man on recommendation uh, easily. I mean, this is also back in the day of early eBay, where I had to get it on eBay because this was a movie you could not find in America. And what struck me the most is, is lighting and and beauty. Like, that's, that's like mm-hmm. the signature style
1: here. So Cemetery Man... I have not seen this one, but it came out in 1994, which is on like the tail end of this whole Mm -hmm. genre, the whole Mm -hmm. movement of Italian horror. You saw Cemetery Man?
2: I did. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I do remember it. There's a lot of things in that movie that I remember were very unsettling at the time. Necrophilia as a theme that I was like, wow, they're really going with this.
4: Okay,
1: Yeah. Hey, (laughs) now.
4: We keep talking about the difference between American and Italian horror. And I feel like at least American horror, American movies... And, and film filmmaking has changed as an industry and as an art in the last, even since we've been alive, the last 30, 40 years. But mm-hmm. w- I feel like when you look at American movies, American horror movies from 70s and 80s, you know, we've mentioned Toby Hooper a couple times. We've mentioned John Carpenter. They were trying to make really good movies, but I feel like they were trying to make good movies that told a good story, which in it, of itself is art. But mm-hmm. I feel like a very important part of the uh, Italian horror is the artistry of it's yeah. not just like what's the most effective way to show this, you know? Uh, sometimes it's ap- it's it's I think a willful choice to not show it the most effective way. You know, we mentioned with all the um, surrealness and stuff, so specifically with Suspiria, but all the other ones as well. I feel like a lot of that detracts from a cohesive story of a movie, which at least as an American audience is something we want. But it really is beautiful, and it really you know some of these are really beautiful looking. Storytelling pieces, you know what I mean. Even if the story doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's like it's pretty cool that they really like the lighting is a thing, you know. Like, I mean, the shot choice, the 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 wardrobe, and 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 the the, the scenery and how it's edited together is in and itself art, which I think has slowly degraded in our cinema in the last yeah. forty years, even outside of the horror genre. But I think when you watch these, it's really cool to see someone kind of painting a tapestry, so to speak. You know, when you think of modern cinema, you think of Saw. I mean it's the you think of even like I some don't.
2: of the, the the crazy stuff from like Eli Roth it's the absence of light it's not it's not lit at sure. all in fact it's dark and gritty and washed out and and so again it's like i think to myself what happened to the artistry like you said uh kids
1: didn't go to film school anymore it became yeah, cheap true. enough to pick, buy a camera and just make your own movie and yeah. then, you know they learned from the video store i i haven't seen I'll be honest, I haven't seen much Italian cinema that came out after the 90s. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if they're still have if they're still being this artistic. Like if you watch a movie that came out in like 2016 from Italy, is it going to have still be beautiful and focus more on the artistry compared to the American movies? Or did they grow with the times and also just kind of, you know, become more commercial and more straight down the line?
2: The idea of a remake as well. There's a lot of American remakes that are coming out or are, are have recently come out a remaking of Suspiria, right? Aren't they remaking Suspiria right now?
1: They're working yeah, they're on it, yeah. It. Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: So it's like they they don't think to themselves that oh, we have to do this. I, I, that story's done now. Yeah. They don't have to remake that movie. Is is there Italian horror now, Tam?
3: I don't know for sure because I also haven't seen something made more recently. I, I really believe that most of the guys that we're talking about here are uh, coming directly from Bava. And these newer I- Italian horror f- filmmakers may not be taking their roots from Bava. They may- It may be sort of a-, a dilution through Fulci and through Argento and, mm-hmm. and-, and through American movies, too. Uh, movies are so much more widely available around the world. They're probably pulling influences from American movies far more than they were their own uh, history of cinema.
1: Right. And when we talk about this Italian horror, it really does seem like it's almost two different camps. You have the giallo, mm-hmm. the murder mystery thriller movies, like the the ones like Tenebrae and yeah. Dario Agento, and then the the zombie movies. And that's kind of the two genres that sort of mix together in Italy, the ones that drew from Dawn of the Dead and the ones that drew from mystery slasher novels. And it's interesting because they all kind of had that vibe, but Then they kind of get mixed up in a pot and turn into something different. One of the last genres I I wanted to bring up that I can blame them for is the found footage genre. Italians (laughs) invented the found footage genre Uh. in 1980
2: you um, heard this collective, like, oh, yeah. that's one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We all know what's I, coming.
4: I, I, I didn't even think about that. Like, I that was not even on my list of things to mention in either of our shows until mm-hmm. you just said, I was like, oh, yeah.
1: Of course, it started with the super gross Cannibal Holocaust, 1988. Ruggiero Diodato. Mm-hmm. There you go. Trying. Maybe that's it. Guy made this found footage Cannibal Holocaust movie about these filmmakers who get killed by cannibals. And it was presented as real. Like, we found this footage in the jungle, mm. and this yeah. is real. He had to prove right. that he didn't kill these actors. Actually went to court and had to bring the actors in. Yeah. Now, have you guys seen Cannibal Holocaust? I have not. we both
2: shaking our heads. We did not dip into this genre. <laughs> you lucky bastards. I think we both know about them from just the various documentaries um, yeah. that we've watched. Uh, we did an episode on censorship and and mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. went into depth on the video nasties and yes, a lot of what I know about some of the movies that I haven't seen came from that. In fact, the reason I wanted to do Tenebrae was because I saw that final shot of the, of the arm coming off in yeah. that documentary. I was like, I have to watch this movie. Mm. Um, Cannibal Holocaust has a reputation. Uh, I know they killed animals for real, even though they oh. didn't kill actors. So uh, was fair. it a turtle and a and a cow? That a, monkey. a
4: turtle, yeah, a monkey. It was a, a turtle, monkey, yeah.
1: a turtle, a monkey, a snake. Uh, they killed t- a couple of monkeys. Like it's, it's just really brutal and like not, not nice.
4: You guys have seen it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those yeah. monkeys have their own IMDb page. It's called <laughs> "I Am Deadbee. <laughs> yeah, we saw it. Again, I, that was one of those movies, when we were in school in Boston, a local special effects artist kind of took me under his wing, and he was like, oh, you got to watch this movie, you got to watch this movie. Like, a lot of the movies that we've talked about, and he's like, oh, and the effects in this movie are amazing. And then you watch it. And again, like, I think I got it on... No, I saw, you know what, I saw it, he ran a film festival at the time in like the early 2000s, and I went and I saw it on the big screen for the first time. They and
1: played Cannibal Holocaust* on a big screen? Not
4: for a wide audience, it oh. was like his film festival, uh, so whoever okay, bought tickets okay. from him, it was a small theater.
1: It's not a pleasant movie.
4: It's rough, I mean it's, it's it, you gotta know what you're going in for, if yeah. you think it's the Lion King, fuck, <laughs> yeah. but like, there's a, you see a, you watch a penis get cut off, yeah. and it's like... Oh good. Wow. God. <laughs> like I heard a lot a lot about, about a lot about stuff from this movie, but I did not hear about that well, part.
1: And this has the really famous impalement. Sure. And yes. I, I've actually recreated this for movies before because it was that really impacted me. That was like, I don't know how they're doing that. That looks mm-hmm. like I actually they actually just did that.
2: Just rewatched Kong Skull Island last night, which has yeah. a, a pretty overt homage to that impalement.
1: Mm. Big time, big time. Yeah, because the spider leg impales that guy, yeah, and they just right straight the up. Mouth. Yep, it's one of those things. Like it's there are movies out there that you have to go. Yeah, you changed the game for better or worse. You, changed, right. <laughs> you you created found footage cinema and killed a bunch of animals. But like, yeah, they're out there. I don't blame you for not watching it. I actually really liked your guys's episode on. The censorship because I had not known as much about the video nasties and listening to that was like got to watch that got to watch this I got to find mm-hmm. Anthropophagus now that movie <laughs> uh, like <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced that right but yeah looking into the video nasties it's like wow here's seventy five films I've never seen
3: yeah if you guys have Shutter and those two documentaries are on Shutter and they're yeah. amazing they're an amazing yeah. watch that we didn't do that that section justice as much as that watching. That mm-hmm. documentary and hearing from people that actually lived through that could.
2: So it was very interesting. And then, and then to hear, you know, we had a couple of listeners write in about it and things like that. It was, right. Yeah. That was a fun episode. That was one of the first episodes where we, it was like, all right, we're not doing necessarily movies, we're going to do some real research this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That was really cool.
3: It was a gamble, because yeah. I didn't know if people would like it. But people seemed to like it, so yeah, I was pretty happy.
2: It's excellent. That.
1: I think it's one of those things, like, if you're having fun and talking about something that you care about, or at least did the time to research, somebody else is going to find it interesting. Mm. Yeah. Especially especially us film geeks, you know. And and I love that whole era of censorship, because then you got, like, people are like, oh, you're going to censor us? I'm going to do something extra gnarly on purpose. Yeah. And, like, yeah. it, it really ramped things up, I think. Have you yeah. seen
2: *Cannibal Ferox 2, then?
1: I have not. That is the one that I haven't seen. But I know they kill more animals. Like that guy saw Cannibal Holocaust. Is like, I got this. Kill a bunch yeah. of animals. Super, a lot of blood. I'm into it. What <laughs> yeah. about you, Rumi? Cannibal for rocks on your? I haven't
4: seen it before. No, but if it's if it's got animal killing, <laughs> what kind of animals? Dick animals or cool animals? <laughs> <laughs> Because that like if it was a bunch of cats, I'd be like, All right, that's fine. You kill a dog, oh, gun, no. I'm like, uh the record no. tab and I are both cat
2: people. Oh. I, I was on a
4: reality show about cats, so I'm a I'm a cat person too. I'm not supposed to be, but don't tell the dogs, but
3: <laughs> you were was, on a reality show about cats? <laughs> he was yeah. on my cat
1: from
4: hell. I was on the oh, first hey. episode. I, I don't know if I'm still on there, but I was on the um for the first season or two at least I was the I was in the opening credit, like the opening title sequence. I was in it. You could see me high-fiving Jackson Galaxy. That's awesome.
3: It's <laughs> oh, a great yeah. claim to fame. Uh, it's
4: not. It's, um, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that was a busy year for me. I was actually on TV a lot. I was on a game show that aired two days before that did. And I won the game show, and I promoted the shit out of that so all my friends knew. And my wife was embarrassed about the cat show, so she didn't let me tell anybody. So it literally aired two days after the game show aired. You know how I found
1: out you were on a cat show, Rumi? No. I was flipping through the channels, and Kate goes, my wife Kate goes, wait, was that Rumi? And I was like, what? And I kept flipping around, and I was like, she's like, I swear I just saw Rumi on TV. And I keep flipping, I come back, and it's like. The cat from hell. What is this show? And sure enough, there you are walking a cat. on a leash. so many,
4: yes, so many people were like, "Wait, was uh, on Facebook?" They're like, "Was Matt just on a TV show about cats?" Like, no, no, he was on Wipeout. And then be like, "No, no, I know he was on Wipeout, but it looked like I saw him on his cat show." And then it was like a controversy, shit, back and forth. And then like literally, I've had two different people. Overseas, one in the Netherlands and one Costa Rica, send me video of me overdubbed in the, the like the, the local <laughs> language on that show. That's it's crazy. amazing. Me and my wife wow. dubbed in Costa Rica in Spanish, not saying what we're actually saying. That's hysterical. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty famous. So- <laughs> <laughs> not in Italy though. Italy is, uh, I think Italy is not allowed me there yet.
1: So are there any other movies in our general discussion for the Launchpad podcast that you guys wanted to, to bring up? Was there anything in your research or in your watching that that you felt was a gem?
3: Well, I would say I'm a huge Baba fan. So yeah. Black Sunday is a black and white oh, masterpiece. Yeah. Absolutely watch that. Actually a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a beautiful movie. Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a an, an anthology film, has some very scary moments, especially in the last segment. With our um, and boy it,
1: Boris Karloff in there. Yes,
3: yeah, it's hosted by Boris Karloff. If you can get the English version, it's not quite as good, but it's it's still decent. I really love Blood and Black Lace. It's a slow one for people who are looking for stuff like, you know, serious gore, but it's beautiful to look at. There, I one of my favorite stories is uh, Joe Dante tells the story about somebody having a print of Blood and Black Lace, and they would all get high and watch it, and they said that it was so colorful that it looked like it was in three D. So. Wow.
1: Take Joe Dante's <laughs> recommendation if you're not going to take mine. Get high enough to see in 3D, okay. <laughs> I have not seen Blood and Black Lace, so I'm really excited to hear that it's that cool. And I really haven't dived into Bava. He's, been, he's kind of been my late to the game. I'm <laughs> huge Dario Argento. I own most of Dario Argento's movies. I, I have a bunch of Folchi's, the Gates of Hell trilogy. But Bava, I got into it because I found a movie called... Twitch of the Death Nerve. And I was like, yes. this is the greatest name of a movie ever. Yeah. yeah. To our fans and to our listeners, we're actually going to talk about Twitch of the Death Nerve and Tenembre on the Test Pattern podcast. So we'll throw to that in a little bit. But to go back to Black Sunday, this is the one that I have seen. It's beautiful, also called The Mask of Satan or Revenge of the Vampire. Which which is weird, because like I didn't really consider it that much of a vampire movie, but I, su- I suppose...
4: No, no, no. It's not a vampire movie. It's about the mask of uh, the vampire. <laughs> okay. It's more of a mask movie. <laughs> it's a mask movie. <laughs> no one mentioned that when we were talking about Famous masks
1: So, Tab, could you give us a little more about Black Sunday?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, got Barbara Steele and John Richardson in it. It's mm-hmm. uh, very inspired by the universal monster movies of the early 30s. Bava was really obsessed with Russian fantasy and horror, so he adapts this uh, Nikolai Gogol story called Via. But it doesn't have a lot to do with that story. It's just the the very basic plot point of that story. It's more to do with just paying homage to gothic horror and the universal monster movies.
1: And it has this amazing, like, the the iconic shot of them placing this mask on this woman. What are the circumstances with that moment?
3: So it starts out in kind of a flashback where this woman is being tried for being a witch uh, along with her lover. Her brother is the Witchfinder General if we're going to tie it to a Vincent Price movie there. <laughs> yeah. And he has this giant mask that looks like uh, an artistic depiction of the devil with spikes on the back of it and gets a, a really buff guy to pound it into her face. She ends up coming back 200 years later. There's an an or a descendant that looks exactly like her and she's going to try to take over this woman's body and regenerate
1: it's very much like the mummy the universal mummy mm-hmm. movie that scene where they put that mask on her and like slam it on her face is so effective like even though it's not super bloody it's not super you know it's black and white it's not super violent it just feels so impactful and what year just, is this um this is 1960 so it's pretty okay. old and and it, man it's it's really effective and this is one of those ones that like Always haunted me as like a classic black and white, like really pretty crazy horror film. I liked it a lot.
3: And if you're not a fan of black and white films because you you like the color, watch this. It's equally as beautiful as anything in color. It's a testament to Bava's cinematography skills.
1: Something I think that's worth mentioning is two years later after Black Sunday, Bava did uh, the girl who knew too much, which I have not seen, but it is credited as being the first mm-hmm. giallo film. Yes. Yeah, he, he, and
2: as, with his little experience as little experiences I have, I've I know the girl who knew too much kind of kicked off the giallo uh, yeah. genre.
1: He really set it off, and because of the girl who too, knew too much, Dario Argento saw that and was like, "I can make those movies. I want to make mm-hmm. a mystery thriller murder movie. Let's do this!" And you know, it really kicked off all of these amazing, amazing, amazing movies.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think. Italian horror in general has a lot owed to Bava because he was the person that said we are we're, we're going to do a really gory movie, but we're going to do it in the most stylish way possible. And I think that mm. carries over through the golden age of of Italian horror for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think we'd
2: be remiss if we didn't mention the other Bava. One good Bava deserves another. Okay. Alberto <laughs> Bava with demons. We we didn't really go into depth about demons, which is another oh. really oh. famous movie. That is actually probably. The movie that I had heard about more than even Suspiria, uh, just growing up and liking horror movies, was Demons, and I didn't get to see it until I was like thirty-four years old. Oh man! <laughs> Talk about an assault on the senses! I mean, that movie is just crazy,
1: insane. Go ahead, dive in. What 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 is what's going on in Demons? So, Demons
2: is is widely known for its terrible dub job. It's got a very bad dub job, um, very and bad. there's some lines that I've I've heard in. in in other podcasts that have been dropped in that I had no idea came from demons, but essentially it's, it takes place in a movie theater. People end up trapped in a movie theater and can't get out. And there's a mask that cuts someone's face, if I remember correctly. And that's what, that's what begins this whole journey into uh, people turning into demons. There's a lot of great special effects in that movie. The demons themselves are, are cool looking, coming out of people's bodies and things like that, kind of like birthing themselves out of stomachs and stuff. And and it's just it's one of those movies that if you're going to give this genre a chance, that's one of the later movies. But it's definitely worth giving a watch.
3: Yeah, it also owes a lot to Evil Dead. So it's a good gateway Mm -hmm. Italian horror movie because it's Mm -hmm. got a lot of the same visual style, but it also has some American influence as far as uh, how how these demons are being presented.
2: I remember the audio, like the way the demons sound is very reverberated, like the demons from Evil Dead.
3: Absolutely. And I like this movie
1: a lot for how cool the soundtrack is. Like I said, it has a heavy metal soundtrack. It starts out very weird. It's like, okay, I get that they're trapped. There's a weird mask. There's something bizarre going on with people in the movie theater. Like there's these, this lady is like sneaking away from her blind boyfriend to go make out with this other guy. (laughs) That's super weird. Wait a minute, (laughs) and then they keep cutting to these drugged up '80s punks in a car, just driving around for no reason. They come into play later, but like for the first ten minutes that you see them, you're just like, "Who are these people? Are they important? What's going on right now?"
4: Let me ask you guys. We've talked about the dubbing and the language for a couple of these movies, but Jacob, like you said, this one is known for having it's notoriously known for the dubbing. Do you guys think either for this movie or in general? It's worth it to watch with subtitles if you can find it or are there better like are, are some of these movies specifically this one are there better versions of a dub do we know that or is it like part of why this movie is awesome is because of its dub
2: I think I think we'd be hard pressed to say that any of them were better When they were dubbed, Um, (laughs) personally, subtitles don't bother me. I grew up watching a lot of anime, so whatever. Subtitles don't bother me to read the subtitles. It doesn't detract from movie. I know there's some people that say, well, then you're not actually watching the film. You're too busy reading. To be perfectly honest, the dubbing in some of these movies is bad, but it's part of the experience to me of watching Mm -hmm. Italian horror. Yeah, sure. uh, And it's become part of the experience. I don't know that if I had watched all of them in Italian with subtitles that it would have had the same experience necessarily. And I think the versions that are available in most cases are the dubbed versions. So if you're yeah. going to go into this now, I think that I think you'd be uh, having a challenge finding the Italian version. Well, yeah. and One
1: of the w- weird things about the dubbing is even if you saw it in Italian, it's still dubbed because a lot yeah. of times they didn't record the sound on set at exactly. all. Yeah. Everything was dubbed, even the Italians. But like in a lot of these movies, you notice, OK, that person, I can tell they're speaking English, that mm-hmm. person, I can tell they're speaking something different. This person speaking German or something. And they had so many different actors from all over Europe and, and, and all over the world that they would just redub everything. So it didn't matter. So they didn't care. And it that's that's a very interesting thing, because nowadays it's like, you know, America would never dare try that.
2: Tab, which mm. movie was it we were watching? And I said, they're talking English, but they've dubbed it anyways. Was it was it um, the first of the Gates of Hell?
3: Yeah, I think it was The Beyond, probably, because we watched that one together. Yeah. But yeah, they would film it without sound, and then they would do ADR and The and original work.
2: actor would do their own ADR. Yeah. 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 So it, yeah. Just, it had a feel to it that I've come to associate with Italian horror movies. Mm. One of
1: my favorite parts in Demons Take to briefly come back to that is when accepts fast as a shark comes on what's happening in the movie theater is the guy is on a dirt bike with a samurai <laughs> I sword knew this was coming yeah driving through the theater chopping off zombie heads and i'm like that moment alone i was like this movie was worth every penny that i paid to see and this it was this like a, a katana amazing.
2: or a samurai blade wasn't it yeah
1: big yeah. samurai sword just slicing yeah. it around the room driving inside and I, you just can't Describe that to people without being I like, like that you added this is driving
4: awesome. inside is one of the key yeah. points of that because like, it's like, amazing like over, seats. <laughs> over yeah. seats
1: dirt bike riding and then like the end helicopter crashing through the roof is also just such a a, mm-hmm. a huge set piece how amazing is that. Yeah. yeah. I have not seen the sequel. Did you see Demons 2? Has anybody seen that? I have not.
3: I know. I know that the guy that plays Tony the Pimp comes back as a oh. different <laughs> character. That's,
1: a, that's, that's a
0: awesome.
2: Character. Do they have the same uh, voice actor do the dub? I think it's just him, yeah. <laughs> Is it just he's him?
3: A, he's an American
1: actor, yeah.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
1: I hear I should give it a try, but I just haven't had the time. Um, yeah, so we'll have to look into Demons Part 2. So... To wrap things up for the Launchpad podcast, guys, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's been fun to talk to you about this. Where can people hear more from Test Pattern Podcast,
3: we're on iTunes, Stitcher, all of that. We're also on Twitter at Test Pattern Show, Facebook as well, and we would love for people to listen. We're a very different show, but if you like horror movies, give us a try.
2: If you look up Test Pattern Show, you're gonna find all of our available content.
3: I follow you guys
1: from the Bloody Disgusting Network. They are they're, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. also from. You can find them on BloodyDisgusting.com.
2: We're on the app too. There's a really cool Bloody Disgusting app. I actually use that app not not just because I'm affiliated, but because like they legit cover the most amount of horror news you're going to get in one condensed area. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. That's going to wrap up our conversation on the Launchpad pod, but we're going to jump over to your podcast, The Test Pattern Show. Guys, tell us what we're going to talk about on your show.
3: So we're going to go a little more in depth in two movies, which of the Deaf the Nerve, which we did mention, which is directed by Mario Bava, and Tenebrae, which is directed by
1: Dario Argento. We're so excited to jump onto your show. And you can keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod, And check us out at www.launchpadpod.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another great episode. And we can't wait to share it with you. But until then, go watch some of these Italian horror movies. Expand your horizons and get into something weird and bloody. Rumi?
4: We have to teach these guys how to do the high five. Are we going to do a Skype high five? <laughs> a Skype five? I've decided, oh, we'll yes. Do it. We'll do it. Okay. So we end every show, me and Rumi... Do like a side high five. We're actually so you guys at, at home that are listening, we're we're Skyping with them. We can see them, so they can see us. So we kind of do like a a side high five. Then you twist your hands and you gotta go up. And because we're all grown up, you have to go <laughs> as, oh, you, as you raspberry. go up. You make okay. a good raspberry now, blast off. We've been doing this for years now, and what we've learned is always make sure you look up as you do it. Otherwise, you break the lamp.
1: Yeah, you break my wife's. <laughs> <good lamp. laughs> There was an episode where we broke my wife's lamp. When you say we, oh, no, no.
4: I guess I was involved, but I wasn't the breaking force.
1: Okay, yeah. It was my <laughs> hand that crashed through a glass ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you guys can high-five your screen. All right, we ready? ready? Okay. One, ready. two, three. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you guys did good. That was fun. great. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. We can't wait to come on yours, and we will talk
3: to you soon. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. One. We have a lookout.